Hello, and welcome to Women on the Line, one of Community Radio's National Women's Current Affairs Program, produced at 3CR Community Radio in Melbourne and broadcast on the Community Radio Network. I'm Amy McMurtry. This show is produced on the stolen lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. We pay respect to elders both past and present of these lands, as well as those you are hearing us from today. Transgender people have fought enormous struggles to be seen, acknowledged and heard in society. There are still significant amounts of transphobia, abuse, discrimination and stigma that transgender community experience today. March 31st, International Transgender Day of Visibility is a day for the celebration and recognition of trans people. In today's show, we'll recognise the struggles and celebrate older transgender women and gender non-binary people. Older transgender people have frequently spent most of their lives living as a gender that does not fit with their own identity. In this episode, we'll speak with Michelle McNamara about the joys and challenges of being an older transgender person. Michelle McNamara is an out and proud transgender woman with a wife and two adult children. She teaches biotechnology at the University of Melbourne and is a committee member of Transgender Victoria and the Australian LGBTIQ Multicultural Council. Content warning for today's show, conversations about suicide and suicidal ideation. If you find any of the content in today's show distressing, you can phone Lifeline on 131114. Well, Transgender Day of Visibility was set up by some students in 2009, and it was a response to the lack of holidays that celebrated transgender people. There was a holiday of uh, days established in 1999, which is called Transgender Day of Remembrance. And it's a very sad and solemn day because it commemorates uh, the people murdered as a result of transphobia across the world. And there was a feeling by these young students that, they, that we needed something to celebrate um, the, the presence of transgender people in the world and their visibility. And that was just such an important thing. So it's been going 10 years um, this year and it's an exciting day and it happens on the 31st of March every year. You know, it's a wonderful thing. Mm, I love that idea about the history of being about uh, idea of celebration and holiday, like the idea of there was no day and that you could actually take that as your cultural day at work or something. I guess so. I I don't know many people that that do it. It's It's a Sunday this year, so... And it fell on Easter Saturday last year, so um, <clears throat> there was limited scope to take it in that way, but I yeah. imagine that people do. But, it, yeah, it's, it's a wonderful thing to have for the community. The idea of visibility, I guess, is really important, I think, in talking about transgender issues. And I wonder if you could talk to us a bit about the significance of visibility. Visibility is massive for the transgender community. I think the first aspect I'd like to talk to you about really is the fact that we're really a submarine, sorry, an iceberg community uh, is how I like to think about it. You know that the visible trans people are only on that tip of that iceberg and that there are so many people who are transgender people who are not visible. And there's two reasons for that. Some of them, some transgender people who pass as cisgender in this world just simply will not declare that they're transgender and one has to respect that because there's a there's a 
bit of danger about being out and being visible and being visible as a transgender person is, is not necessarily the completely safe option. So one respects people for doing that. But there's also a whole lot of people who won't go out in public in their affirmed gender and will only do so in, in, in quite private situations. And again, you've got to respect those people for that because it's, um, as I said, it's a dangerous thing, perhaps a little bit dangerous to be visible. The other aspect of visibility, though, is because so many people aren't visible, then there's no role models for other transgender people to, to have in society. And there's no obvious you know, people don't, other people, cisgendered people don't necessarily know a transgender person. And the big change in acceptance of gays and lesbians has been that, you know, we've gone from very low percentage numbers in the 90s of people who set, will say, oh, I know someone who's gay and lesbian. You know, there would have been 10% in the early 90s to now we're over 80% will say they know someone who's gay or lesbian. But the numbers with transgender people are still very, very small. And it's that lack of visibility that stops people knowing and understanding transgender issues and accepting that transgender people's identities are valid and that they have rights. So I guess what you're saying is the reality is that actually there's many more trans people in the community, but you know people don't know that they know a trans person, for example. That's exactly it, yes. yes. It's so, and it's so important, you know, for them. There have been a number of uh, research studies which have shown that you know, people respect transgender people's rights in large once they know someone who's transgender. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like a lot of things, isn't it? It's like when it becomes personal. Yes. Yeah, uh, which is a frustrating thing, I suppose, for human rights. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. So I wanted to talk to you a bit about the experience of um, being an older trans person. There's often a profiling of gender transition as an experience of young people. And so I wanted to hear from you speak about the experience of transitioning as an older person and what are some of the challenges, but also I'm interested in the strengths or the benefits that you can identify. Oh gosh, that's a, it's a really big kind of question. And I think... Um, there's been lots of different age cohorts of people transitioning recently. I think more, more and more people are coming out of the closet as it becomes more and more acceptable to be transgender in this world. And uh, I think older people often, um, you know, I think the reflection that I've got is that older people have lived through a, a period where there was real stigma around being gay or lesbian. And that, and being transgender went even beyond that. So um, going back to the 1970s, which was when I was first starting my professional career, the thought of coming out as a transgender woman and expecting to get a job was just totally unreal. So I guess waiting a long time meant that the rest of the world caught up with me and now I've transitioned relatively smoothly. But I think staying that in the closet from age 20, 24, you know, that's what I'm talking about. So in the closet, I've been in the closet since I was six. That's when I realised that I was trans. Uh, staying in the closet till you're nearly 60, as it accumulates, you accumulate an awful lot of negative stuff from films, TV, media. And um, I think, you know, just that 
50 odd years of accumulating all these negative messages about being trans impacts on your impacts your mental state when you do actually transition. I think younger people have it a little bit easier, but the data and you can but mm. the feeling amongst the older trans community before this study came out is that things were getting better and that the mental health of young people would be improving. But there's a study by the Telethon Institute in Western Australia of some 850-odd young trans Australians, trans and gender diverse Australians, aged 14 to 24, and the data is truly shocking. You know, some 48% of them had attempted suicide at some stage. And remember, that's from before age 24, and um, nearly 80% experienced anxiety and depression or and or depression so and, and a shockingly high number of them had thoughts of suicide so suicide ideation and that burden amongst the young people was quite a shock to the older transgender community i think so that health burden still exists today and yeah, I, I think, you know, the negative messages coming from the media that I'm talking about, there's a, an organisation called Rainbow Watch that's done a, a, an analysis of trans people's representation in the print media from 2016 to 2017, covering a couple of years. And what they found is over 50% of news articles in the major newspapers in Australia portrayed transgender people in a negative light, and only something like 15% portrayed them in any sort of positive light. So that's an awful burden of stigma that you've got. You've got all these messages telling you you're not right, you're broken, you're um, either a liar, a deceiver, um, a criminal, psychopath, a murderer. These are the portrayals of, of transgender people that you see in the media and it, it's truly, truly shocking and it makes being trans quite a burden. Yeah, it's horrifying. <laughs> Sorry, not a pretty picture and not something great to say on Transgender Day of Visibility. But there's a glory in, in celebrating your identity still, even with all that negative stuff. There's a kind of a, in spite of all this, you can be who you are. And that is a wonderful thing about, about coming out, even as an older transgender person, coming out and finally saying, this is the world, this is me, this is how I am, and... I'm happy about it is, 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 a, is a true blessing. And I think that's the, the beauty as well of having a day is that, that possibility of accessing community. Oh, absolutely. And there's a website. I'll send you around that. It's just tdov.org.au and it's got a section which is called Be Seen where we're asking, where Transgender Victoria is asking people to send in a selfie, transgender people to send in a selfie of themselves and it'll go up on the website. So there's just going to be this massive collection of photos of transgender people around Transgender Day of Remembrance. And I think it'll be open for some time after the day to be seen, you know, to, to celebrate their visibility. Women on the line. Can you tell us about the stigma? You know, we've just been speaking about some of the, the difficulties of being trans in the community still today, like you said, young people are still the significant rates of mental health and suicidal ideation and suicide attempts. Um, so I wondered if you could also talk to me about the stigma and discrimination that you face as an older trans woman. Let me first say, I really have had quite a blessed coming out, but I haven't experienced any great 
stigma or discrimination from others, but I'm blessed because I'm living in this bubble of time in this wonderful state of Victoria and this city of Melbourne where we've got a Premier who declares quite openly that equality is not negotiable, it's, it's, it's just got to be there. And he backs that up with real action across a whole range of diversity measures, but particularly good with the transgender communities, backed it up with real money and real initiatives that are making a difference to transgender people in Victoria. And so I feel kind of really blessed, but going back to that, the, the burden of all the negative messages that you get from the media, what I've experienced as a transgender woman is an accumulation of all these. And what that does is leads to internalised transphobia. So I turn it in on myself. I, I know rationally that these things aren't true and aren't real, but on an emotional level, they impact me quite seriously and, and make mental health issues a real living question for me. And when we were, um, you know, off air, you spoke to me about the difficulty of being, also just being invisible as an older person. Oh, yes. Uh, I mean, I guess older people in general experience less visibility. Um, but trans people are often got this desire to to be seen as the younger woman, in particular in the case of transgender women, the younger woman that they never were. So they become that caricature of a transgender person with inappropriate clothing, age-inappropriate clothing. They get more heavily policed than, than other older women do. Well, older women get heavily policed, but trans women just get um, reviled for it. They're carrying that burden of not having had their identity as a younger person respected. And would you say, you know, there's less, as you were saying, there's less visibility for older women. Would you say there's also less voice and less opportunity to speak as a trans woman? There is a movement within larger companies um, and the big four banks are great. You know, there are insurance companies, there are smaller banks, there are... Uh, manufacturing companies, there are mining companies, there are a hell of a lot of companies who celebrate LGBTI inclusion. And within that, there's often a recognition that, recognition that the LG and B are really well represented, but the T and the I are not. And there's a big, been a big push in recent years, particularly around the T, to get some people in to speak at events such as Ida Hobbit Day, such as National Coming Out Day, even where at Purple Day to get trans people to speak. And, and often older trans people get swept up in that as well. I don't think there's any kind of um, age discrimination there. They, they just want someone who's out and visible as a trans person to, to speak at their events. So I think on that level, there's a growing um, opportunities for people to talk about being trans. But going back to the general media and general population, I think, no, there's not really that kind of exposure in, in the broader world.
Uh, hi, my name's Sally. I am a trans girl, is how I describe myself. Uh, in Earth years, I'm 63. In out years, five. I love saying that. It makes people think twice. <laughs> in the last five years, my out years, I've decided this is the way I wish to live. And presently, I am on hormones, have been for two and a half years. Two of them legally. I always suggest you do it legally. Um, that's about me, really. Other than there's a big story involved from my first memories in this house at age four to now, 58 years. It's taken me to get to where I am, and I'm comfortable with myself. I'm Antonio, but please call me Tony. Um, I'm probably I'm 71 years old. Um, I'm probably what you'd class a, as a male to female transgender person. Um, actually, I prefer to be described as gender diverse rather than transgender. Uh, it's a little bit more inclusive. Um, I've done a lot of things in those 71 years. I developed some coping strategies that involved basically becoming a wallflower. Um, you can see from photographs back in my childhood that I've gone from being a, a bubbly little person uh, to a rather a very introvert, uh, shy person. met a girl, started a relationship with her, and I didn't find a need to dress, I guess. In the mid-70s, the relationship started to wander, wave, and have its moments, and I started buying clothes. Working in Melbourne, commuting Torquay to Melbourne and back daily, easy enough to do, no one knew me. Having a wedding ring on makes it a lot easier too. Guy can go and buy clothes for his girl. No one ever asked questions anyway. I got home one Friday night from work to a note in an empty house. Found all your stuff that you'd stashed in the shed. I'm gone with the kids. Women on the Line. And right around Australia, you've been listening to Women on the Line. You've been listening to excerpts from Then and Now, Older Trans Women Share Their Stories, a video series produced by Val's Cafe at La Trobe University as part of the Val's LGBTI Aging and Aged Care Project. These were the stories of Sally and Tony. You can find this series online or follow the link on the 3CR website on the Women on the Line page for this episode. We continue hearing from Michelle now about silence and celebration. I understand there's, um, it's becoming more known that there's a generation of people, of older people, who are going back into the closet, so to speak, as they age and are reliant on care staff in or out of home. And I wonder if you could speak a bit to these experiences and why this is happening. Yeah, so there's a, there's a wonderful bit of research by a fantastic trans ally and lesbian woman, Catherine Barrett, who was working for the Gay and Lesbian Health Victoria at the time. And she 
had a look into this this phenomenon and found that, that indeed there were many LGBTI people who were actually in going into aged care or even having um, home help coming into their home and helping them. They were actually hiding the photos of their partners and in the case of trans people, actually detransitioning, going back to their birth gender as distinct from continuing to live in their firm gender because they were frightened of experiencing discrimination. And when you look at the whole aged care scene, we're starting to see with the Royal Commission how bad that whole whole industry is for aged people in general. But if you add the stigma of being LGBTI, and, and remember that trans has probably got the worst stigma of all those, of certainly more, far worse than the LGNB, then you, you've got a real fear amongst people that, that they won't be treated well in aged care and that they'll be stigmatised. So a survey done recently suggested that a very shockingly high proportion of people would rather kill themselves than go into aged care. And I and it's particularly true amongst the trans section of the population. Following on from Catherine's um, research, a young gay man called Tristan Meacham picked that up and and decided that he wanted to do something to give back to the transgender, oh, sorry, the LGBTI elders in his community who'd enabled him to make life easier as a gay man to come out and um, to, to live his life as, a, as an openly gay man. And so he devised this project called the Coming Back Out Ball, and it's a wonderful project to celebrate LGBTI elders, and there was a wonderful movie made about it, and I'm, I'm part of it, so there was myself as a trans woman, and there was a, a woman called Nance, who I guess is, you know, I'm 65, 66, and Nance is probably another 10 years, maybe not quite as much, 10 years on from me. And Nance identifies as a non-binary person. And, um, you know, so there's a pair of trans and non-binary, transgender diverse people in the movie, but there's a whole eight other LGB and I people in the movie. So you get to see a great spread of the community and you realise how diverse the rainbow community is even amongst the aged people. The other trans person in the movie is, in fact, Carlotta, and Carlotta performed at the first ball, and she, of course, is um, started out life as a drag queen, appeared on TV in the 90, early 1970s as a transgender woman, and has gone on to be a cabaret star and, and done all sorts of incredible things. She's had a career that's Band from the early 60s right through to today. When I encountered Carlotta, I first read about her in the Australasian Post, and it was a real eye-opener moment because before I read about her, I knew that there was... I didn't know anybody else in the world that was transgender except me. There was no one that felt like me. There was no knowledge that there was anyone else like me, and that moment was wonderful. So... It's just it was just joyous for me to be in the movie with her. Mm, yeah, fantastic. I can't imagine yeah, how amazing that must have been to have that experience when younger and then to get to the point when you're older and yeah, you get to star alongside her. How fabulous. I never would have imagined it would have happened when I, I first saw her in Australasian Post when I was 13 or mm -hmm. so, 12 or 13.
It's just incredible. incredible. So can you tell us a bit more about what the Coming Back Out Ball is and that what they do, that project? So there's a couple of different things. The Coming Back Out Ball, Tristan organised it, and the first one, so it's a, it's a large ball in, and held in the Melbourne Town Hall. He's held two, so one in 2017, one in 2018, and I believe he intends to hold one again this year. There's a whole team of people behind it. It's a real celebration, so... There's a sit-down meal involved. There's five or six hundred people attend. There's a range of different performers, um, cabaret performers, singers. So the first ball featured Robin Archer as the compere, Jerry Connolly appearing as the queen, Carlotta singing some songs, um, Deborah Cheatham, the lesbian Aboriginal soprano, doing some singing. Um, the Gay and Lesbian Chorus, you know, just a whole range of people. Yes. This, the 2018 version featured Meow Meow, Electric Fields. It was a kind of a bit of a younger collection of performers, but still really good and still a really great event. And to get five or 600 LGBTI people in the same room together, all, all mostly older people, it's, it's, it's just wonderful. And the movie celebrated the 2017 ball and the 2017 ball was held right towards the end of October after the marriage survey had closed but before we knew the results of it. So it was a kind of an extraordinary moment in, in, in rainbow history in Australia captured in that movie. It's a great way of celebrating older LGBTI people. And closing out the show today, um, is there anything else you'd like people to know in thinking about Transgender Day of Visibility um, and the importance of it? There is a wonderful set of videos of Minus 18, which include not just videos about people being trans, but also some information on how to be a good trans ally. Us trans people need allies, and we need allies not just on the Day of Visibility, but we need them all year, so get out there and check out those videos. You've been listening to Michelle McNamara discussing the experience of being an older trans person. We encourage all our listeners to visit the Transgender Day of Visibility website to learn more about the experience of transgender people and how you can support their struggle. The Australian site is at tdov.org.au. This site is managed by Transgender Victoria. Women on the Line is produced in the Melbourne studios of Community Radio 3CR with the financial assistance of the Community Broadcasting Foundation. The show is distributed nationally via the Community Radio Network with special thanks to the Community Broadcasting Association of Australia. If you want to hear this show again or any of our previous programs, you can download the podcast from 3CR's website, 3cr.org.au. The theme song for Women on the Line is Slideshow at Free University by La Tigra. I'm Amy McMurtry. Thanks for tuning into the show.